0: Everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of our brand new podcast, Horror Friendly. My name is Katie, and I am joined by my two wonderful co hosts and very dear friends, Charlie and Chantelle. Hi, guys. Hey. Hi. How are you
1: both? I'm good, thanks. How are you?
2: Good. Yeah. Happy New Year.
1: Happy New Year. Happy 21. (laughs) I know. Well,
2: 2021.
0: Yeah, exactly. God, not really right, much different so far, is there? But we've got a podcast, so there you go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and I've watched a horror movie already. Exactly. with me?
0: <laughs> there we go. Um, so just to get started, um, I just kind of briefly wanted to talk about the podcast, really, and what we plan on doing. So as you would have already guessed, this is a horror-themed podcast. And what we'll pretty much be doing is picking one horror film per episode and really just exploring that film further. So whether that's looking closer at the cast and the crew, um, maybe some facts that like behind the scenes facts that you perhaps didn't know, the soundtrack, special effects and pretty much just what the film's trying to say and our thoughts on the film overall. Mm um it's pretty much just three mates having a chat about horror (laughs) it's not really that much more complicated than that um so yeah we're we're really excited to have you here thank you so much for for tuning in um I know this has been a long time coming with the podcast so it's it's really exciting that we can start the new year with a with a podcast um so yeah so I thought before we start talking about our film of choice this week which I'm sure you guys are already aware of. Um, I thought just for you guys to get to know us a bit more, maybe if you're not familiar with us, um, we can just briefly talk about our relationships with horror, the genre, um, and possibly how they differ, and just our kind of thoughts on the genre, really. So, Charlie, what are your thoughts on on horror? <laughs>
2: um, I mean, I, I would be lying if I said that I love it. I... Um, a massive scaredy cat so usually my experiences of um watching horror um has been watching it through my fingers or under a blanket or <laughs> just just avoiding it completely if I'm honest <laughs> um I mean like I I like lo- I like zombie movies so and I know that I can handle gory things like um I've watched Saw like a couple of times um mm. um so I know I'm able to let hi- handle that sort of horror, but I know like anything sort of paranormal, um, anything where there's someone hiding or running around or like be- like chasing characters, I just oh it's just too much for me if I'm honest. <laughs> um, so this will be a um, a nice little introduction <laughs> to uh, horror, I think. Um, with you two by my side, although I'd rather it not be in a pandemic and I'd rather you actually be here by <laughs> my side, not at the end of, other end of uh, a recording.
1: <laughs> so what about you, Tal? Uh So much as you know, Katie, I, uh, <laughs> I've i liked horror for as long as I can remember, really. I always liked kind of the abnormal stuff as kids and I quite liked, um, I mean, I loved Halloween uh, and just liked you know everything a bit spooky. And then we had like horror films in the house that I was always told I wasn't allowed to watch because they were too scary for me. But obviously you say that to a child, they're automatically going to want to watch it more. And um, mm-hmm. so as I grew up, I started just collecting my own horror DVDs. And then uh, I had an English teacher who put me onto Stephen King when I was about 12, 13 years old. Um, and it just kept growing from there really. And then eventually you and I, we're watching horror films several times a week with Chinese <laughs> and a cider. So exactly, <laughs> just, just, what just, more could you just, want? Exactly, it just grew and the love just kept growing. It was great. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, the love
2: of cider and horror movies. Exactly, <laughs> the best combination.
1: And what about you, Katie? What's your experience with horror?
0: Um, kind, pretty kind of the same as you tell, really. I mean, um, I've liked it since I was young. I've always kind of been interested in it. Uh, I think it's become maybe more of our hobby um, and a, a passion really for the last sort of three to four years um, I've started sort of like following the horror community a bit more on socials and and just kind of getting a bit more involved with it really uh, but yeah I know I mean we I watched all the sort of classics when I was I was younger and um, the kind of sleepover sort of films were always kind of like the slashers and all mm-hmm. of that so yeah um Yeah, it's just something you grow up with. But, yeah, to actually sit and do a podcast about it, I think, is is really
1: exciting.
2: Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some
0: scary movie.
1: So this week we have chosen to review the film Scream, which was released in 1996. And just to give a brief overview... Uh, A year after Sydney's mum is murdered, more murders start to occur. She begins to suspect if these murders are related and tries to find the killer, as everyone seems to be a suspect. Uh, So, Charlie, as our novice, what was your thoughts on this movie?
2: (laughs) Oh my god, man. Like, (laughs) oh my god, you threw me in. Um... (laughs) Um, I don't even know where to start, like, I So starting from the beginning, I was expecting Drew Barrymore's character to be like the main character throughout the whole film. <laughs> um and then she gets killed off within like five, ten minutes. So oh god, like I just couldn't trust any of the characters because I thought like I couldn't get to know them because I thought they were gonna get killed off like straight away. So um yeah, there was that. Um but oh my god, that twist at the end was oh just incredible. Like I just would have never have expected it to be two, two of the characters, especially after the the boyfriend gets stabbed. Like you don't expect him to come rolling down the stairs and <laughs> <laughs> oh oh just yeah, that it was sick. It was such a good film. I I wasn't expecting it. I was expecting something super cheesy, but this was outstanding
1: (laughs) glad you liked it
2: (laughs) it was a good choice from from you guys that's for sure (laughs) um so yeah how about how about you tell what was it like watching it for the first time compared to watching it again
1: now (laughs) so i can't remember watching this for the first time because i think it was one of those it's such a classic that i actually don't remember my first time watching it um I'm sure it would have been at a sleepover with pizza or something ridiculous like that. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I was shocked. <laughs> I just don't remember it. But watching it again, like I knew the ending. I could remember that much. But you just notice so many more details. And it just takes the mickey out of itself so much. But you start, you, I think, from like being a bit older now as well, Like you can appreciate that it's taking the mickey. And it's laying out all these horror rules. And then it deliberately is going against them and it's just it's brilliantly it's so well done. I really enjoy this. This is this has always been a classic.
0: Yeah, I mean I love this film so much. Like it's there's not really anything I don't like about it. Um I love the humor about it. I love the satire. Um as Tell mentioned I just love how self aware it is as well. Um the strong female cast as well I think at that time it was um it was really cool to see such a, a great cast. Um oh, yeah,
2: like the female characters in it are just yes, amazing.
0: Amazing. Definitely. Um and another reason I think why I love it so much is I think it came along at a really good time. Like in the mid-90s, slasher films as a subgenre were were struggling. I mean, the closest sort of slasher there was at that time was probably Candyman, which came out in '92. And I think when Scream was released, I think it really showed that horror could be clever and it Mm. didn't just have to be the victim running around. And then you find out who the killer is at the end, because obviously all of those things happen in Scream, but so much more happens. Mm. And um, I think it really just like changed the direction in horror forever and um, I think it's a big deal in the horror world and I think that's why I love it so much I think it had such an impact on everyone yeah that watched it
1: yeah I like how you say like it was so self-aware as well because I think at one point I think it's mm. Billy who literally says it's all a movie one great big movie and it's like could, could you be any more obvious and yet the only he just Definitely. he's short of Deadpool just staring directly at the camera it's so well done it's just yeah it's just brilliant I mean,
2: there's even moments in it where, like, they're literally narrating what's happening. Yeah, definitely. It's just, like, uh, I think there's a scene towards the end where the the guy is shouting at the the TV, and you're thinking, dude, just, like, listen to what you're saying. Like, (laughs) you're you're in this this town which is in a curfew, and there's, like, some killers running around, and you're by yourself shouting, like, Watch out on the tv him. yeah and it is literally behind him like oh <laughs> my god like yeah see my favorite
1: thing about that scene is the actor is jamie kennedy and he's shouting at jamie lee curtis on the screen calling her <laughs> by name while ghostface is right behind him and it was just it's so genius that they just had him shouting at himself and you're like how is this not everyone's favorite film <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's so great. And there's another one where Tatum talks about a Wes Carpenter film and um she's basically combined Wes Craven, who's the director of Scream. Mm and john carpenter who's the director (laughs) of halloween which was like there was a lot of influence with that film and um she's just combined the two names to make a director (laughs) and it kind of really just backs up the whole self-awareness of this film and it's just funny and yeah it's great
1: (laughs) i like that because this was obviously directed by wes craven so yeah him taking the mickey out of himself (laughs) exactly
0: exactly I love it. It just doesn't take itself too seriously, no. I think, as well.
1: I think one of the other best lines is another Tatum line where she says, "Billy and its penis don't deserve you," which is just the best friend that everyone needs when they're just She's just like that. She's wonderful. She's such a good feminist icon. Definitely.
2: Definitely. She, yeah. She definitely I was my favorite character in the film. <laughs> and you know, as as far as a first movie to sort of dive into, like you guys smashed this out the park, like, oh, there was like bits where I was, I was jumping when it wasn't even scary, because it, it put me that sort of like, on edge, and like, I think I was in a couple of voice notes um, during the movie, just like, sort of update you on where I was <laughs> and things, and there'd be moments where I think it'd be safe to like, send you a voice note, and then I'm literally <laughs> screaming down the phone at you guys, because I, something else on the TV's like, made me jump, and it was just... Oh it, yeah, I think I would love you just... to
0: be able to get those voice notes and <laughs>
2: put them up because I think everyone would love to hear them. <laughs> or if, if I do find them, I'll insert them in here for, for everyone to enjoy. Guys, <laughs> guys, 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 guys! I think oh my
0: fucking god, let's go find them. So, guys, we're pretty much in agreement that we think Tatum is probably <laughs> one of the best characters.
2: In the oh screen. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think she is the best character in like. She is a girl power powerhouse of a character. She is incredible. <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it, um, if I'm honest. Like I sort of saw saw her as the like ditzy sort of blonde, yeah. if I'm honest. Like um when I well when we were first introduced to her character. But oh my God, she's just such a good friend, like, to Sydney. Um like, she has a go at a boyfriend. She she even... Um, I think she said at one point um, that a girl could have easily have killed him when the, the two mm. boys are um, sort of joking about um, Drew Barrymore's character's death at the beginning. Mm. And it was just, just so refreshing to hear, like, a, a girl actually sticking up and, like, sort of... Uh, bending the the sort of role that she Mm. she sort of meant to look like she's going to portray
1: yeah that's um...
0: interesting because like yeah I think if any of the stereotypes she probably would have fit that because she is like the the blonde best friend isn't she and she's kind of yeah you're meant to sort of think that she fits that stereotype but she doesn't at all and it's yeah it's refreshing for a, a 1996 film I guess So I thought it was also interesting that she was played by Rose McGowan, who um, in 2017 was recognised as one of the silence breakers um, for speaking out about the sexual assault and harassment in regards to the Harvey Weinstein um, abuse and the Me Too movement. And she had a very strong voice in that. Um, And I think it's just important, really, for us to at least mention it as three women that are talking about horror and this particular film. Especially when Harvey Weinstein was linked so closely to
1: screen. Unfortunately, yes, yeah, yeah. I
2: spotted that at the end um, in the credits. Mm. um, And yeah, it's just thinking that stuff maybe had gone on on this set as well. So it's yeah, yeah,
1: that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Rose McGowan definitely badass on screen and off screen for that. So yeah, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely, definitely.
2: What a woman. Mm what a woman
1: talking of women <laughs> and powerful
0: women can we all just have a moment for gail weathers luminous green <laughs> suit <laughs> skirt thing where can i buy it because... that
2: two-piece i tell you now <laughs> once lockdown is over i'm getting myself one i'm getting some chunky highlights in my hair and i'm channeling in my inner 90s Courtney just box. to wear for a night <laughs> like, <out>. amazing <laughs> Oh, such a strong. May that,
1: that it is. Stronger. It's a vibe. That suit deserved its own credit. Like, come on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, whoever was the um the the uh the stylist for her. <laughs> on this set I mean god damn they've hit right now on heads
1: their, I don't about the head they did sorry Katie sorry. go go
0: go go no no no, no you go because I was going to talk about Kenny the cameraman but that can
1: wait <laughs> <laughs> no, well no because I was going to say like there's just when you actually think about it like the cast in this film is incredible you've got Courtney Cox you've got Drew Barrymore Rose McGowan Nev Campbell Matthew Lilliard like it just doesn't end like it's just the yeah. funs turns up like it's just endless. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's so good. It's even got the fonts in
1: there. <laughs> but yeah, no, Courtney calls it's horrible to that cameraman, but she does it so oh, well. Kenny,
0: <laughs> she does. She, you're completely on her side, I think, like, <laughs> for a lot of it. <laughs> Definitely.
2: Well, it's the fact that she cares more about her car than like her dead cameraman <laughs> that's like laying on the top of it, and she's like getting his body off the car, like doing little wheelies and God. some. Very reckless driving in that film, I have to say. <laughs> there was drink driving, there was that... Uh, uh, yeah. It was... Yeah.
1: She'd had a do not try this at home at the beginning of it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and he's like one of them jackass sort of... Yeah. Down, 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 like little jackass theme. Just to uh <laughs> to in with the movie.
0: <laughs> That's so good. I mean, Charlie, I mean, you've got to talk about... Just to quickly go back to Tatum, I mean... <laughs> The thing that we're all desperate for you to talk about on this podcast. <laughs> we want to know.
2: <laughs> so uh, <laughs> when, when watching the movie and it's her death scene. Um, <laughs>
1: brutal death scene, by the way.
2: <laughs> yes. A very brutal death scene. I mean, you'd, you would have thought that the garage door would have had some sort of like oh. safety lock on
1: that um, any one of the teenagers leaving the party would have noticed her. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, however, she gets obviously stuck in the
2: cat flap or, or dog flap. I'm not really sure what it is. <laughs> um... <laughs> oh my God, is there such die. thing as a
1: dog flap? For small dogs, oh, yeah. yeah no, it's
2: America. It's America. Oh, monsters, yeah.
1: <laughs> That's true. Um... <laughs> That's probably not the most confusing thing about the film. But... <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, when she's making that escape, it reminded me of an experience I had back in August where I thought it would be a great idea to try and fit through um, a trapdoor in my daughter's play castle in the garden. Um, however, like Tatum... Um, it didn't go very well. Right, okay. And I got stuck um, <laughs> in the middle of the door for a good 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> and... Instead of getting me out, the guy that I was with decided to take photos. Instead, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I feel like because of that experience, um, I, I'm just you have a connection out there. I I think that I would probably have survived as long as Tatum in this film and she died way too quickly <laughs> like she deserved to, to survive a little longer to, to at least know that it was her psycho boyfriend yeah, yeah that would have been cool trying to
1: kill her <laughs> so Charlie you're Tatum and Katie I think we've decided that you are Randy when it yes. comes to oh <laughs> fabulous! Yes, thanks I mean are you thanks, are you gonna deny it Cause...
0: No, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna wear it, own it.
1: like a like yeah, Like I'm a luminous green suit, own it exactly
0: yeah I mean I'm pr- I mean you know what there's worse characters in Scream I could be compared to so I think I've got come off pretty lightly with uh with Randy <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's the
1: scene where <laughs> you could call me Billy
0: and then I probably would be a bit offended I mean but... Billy
1: does have the second most movie knowledge so that's true you can only really that's be true. one of them and I feel like Randy's the best. <laughs> I pick Randy thanks. shouting <laughs> at people about their film knowledge and the rules of horror. <laughs> I don't do that. you don't but we have to start a podcast where you now have the right to so That's true that's
0: true oh god
1: Yeah no I
0: I I love him he's great I mean I just love the ending when um he gets shot and gets up and he's like I've never been so glad to be a virgin <laughs> cuz he's really following those rules I just love him He's
1: really dedicated no. to the rules <laughs>
0: He is and he had a crush on Sydney and it was never reciprocated. No, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but no. Uh, I mean he the, he's a great character.
1: He'd have been the better choice as we all know now.
0: Wow, well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> God. Billy. I mean what? with Billy to be honest, all I put on my notes was fucking creep.
1: <laughs> oh, I just put major arsehole, cuz he's just awful. He
0: sucks, doesn't oh, he? Yeah. Toxic boyfriend oh. all the way. I all mean, the way.
2: Yeah, if they if If there was ever like a label or like a um, a show where they need to sort of describe what a toxic boy is, like any scene with him in, you've you've basically got little that now. like Mm. stalks Um, Sydney, like goes into her house, um, like climbs up window, and then tells her that it's time for her to get over her mum being brutally murdered.
1: It's been like, a year already. He sucks, man. He sucks. It's awful. He's oh, he's just the worst. This is why, like, uh, like young teenagers should watch these sort of films so they can see what that's like, and then be like, "Oh, I don't want that in my life," and not not accept the toxic boyfriends and be like, "No, this baby's not okay." God.
2: Well, I guess in this situation, it's a bit like Sydney. She like she might not, uh, he might not have been like that at the start of their relationship. Oh. I mean, obviously, we we then find out he's started turning like that because her mum left, made his dad leave him or
1: something. I'm not sure. um,
0: Made his mum leave him because his dad was having an affair with Sydney's mum. Is that right? Yeah, but then he
1: killed Sydney's mum. So, yes, yes, he might not have been an arsehole at the beginning. However, it didn't take long for him to become an arsehole. So, unfortunately, he still doesn't win any points there.
2: <laughs> yeah, true, but I just feel like he wouldn't have been like a like that much of an ass like the whole way through their relationship. No, it's obviously something that she's not really noticed mm. as they've gone on, and then she's like saying sorry for for him being a a douche. Yeah, like oh, I just feel so sorry for her. No, she deserves she has more. so much stuff going she on.
1: She is a, she's a badass, and she even to the point when the killer kill killer kills her. Killer calls her. She calls their bluff and then she goes out onto the porch and I know she leaves the door open to let them in by accident. But, like, she's calling their bluff and she's, like, pointing <laughs> out... She's pointing out why horrors uh, are bad, as she Yeah, them. again, like, the self-awareness. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And saying, like, girls shouldn't be running up the stairs and then three minutes later she's locked the door so she's running up the stairs. Um, and It's just funny. and But, obviously, at that point, she's just this absolute badass and then later in the movie she's apologising... To him, and you're like, no! What are you doing? Just shouting <laughs> at the telly, but it's okay though, because she she got one up on him in the end, so it's all good.
0: She did.
2: Oh yeah, stabbed him with an umbrella and, and yeah. shot him in the face. And shot him. <laughs> oh no, no! It was Courtney Cox's character, Gail Gail Weathers, which the name is just <laughs> so. Is it's it
1: not? Touch. Yeah, because Gail Weathers okay. shoots him, but then does Sydney not do the final shot?
2: No, I'm pretty sure it's just Gail Weathers both times. I think she's got the. Gun. Randy
0: goes, "I'll wait because the killer always comes back for a final scare," yeah. and then Sydney shoots him at the end. Yeah. But
2: oh yeah, because he, he he's like a zombie.
0: By yeah,
1: basically. Yeah. Goes. Sydney gets himself. the final one in. Yeah, right between the eyes. Oh,
0: <laughs> she gets her comeuppance
1: <laughs> with the help of Gail Weathers. We will never forget that.
2: Yeah. No, of course not. <laughs> Um, and obviously, um, he had his accomplice. Yes. Um, I like Stu.
1: <laughs> He's I mean... such an idiot, but you love him. Matthew Millian. I love him at the I end. I mean, I called like...
2: him Shaggy throughout the whole <laughs> thing because all I can think of is Scooby-Doo in <laughs> the back of my head.
1: No, he, he yeah. plays this very well, but oh my God. He
0: does the ending, like the end scene where he's like on the phone, and he's like, "My mum and dad are gonna oh, yeah. be so mad at me."
1: <laughs> and they're like, "What? What's your excuse?" He's like, "I don't know, peer pressure." <laughs> I'm very sensitive. <laughs> what's happening? <laughs>
0: It's great. Apparently a lot of that was um, ad-libbed which was really, really cool so it was just him just making Amazing. it up.
1: Amazing. that's even better.
0: I thought that was pretty that's cool. Him. But yeah,
1: I thought he was I great. Did. He was a great
0: character, wasn't yeah. he? I mean, entertaining. <laughs> he
1: was definitely good.
0: He
2: was very creepy. Very creepy. He was like the creepy the creepy <laughs> nerd whereas Randy was just I don't think Stu was a nerd. nerd.
1: Like I can't imagine him passing any exams if I'm honest, but <laughs> <laughs>
2: What well, was like the the horror? Story.
1: Well, yeah, he. Had... What are <laughs> you saying, the Charlie? Like, <laughs> with knowing about
2: horror. <laughs>
0: yeah, he he was cool.
2: I also do have to mention Dewey because I've got a love heart which is named that says "Fit Nerdy Cop," and I can't tell you why I was attracted to him, but he was just so David. I loved him like. <laughs> That that family was just, oh, just everything. I, I loved just, him so I much. just can't.
1: I think the Scary Movie franchise ruined Dewey for me because <laughs> th- is there something to do with Henry Hoover in the Scary Movie? I was just like, yeah, I just is. can't not picture that anymore.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm a proper scaredy cat, but I watched about five minutes of Scary Movie then got too scared. <laughs> because it just made me feel so anxious.
1: (laughs) Well, I wouldn't recommend it if you have a crush on Dewey because it would ruin it for you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Well I I guess we'll see what
0: happens. (laughs) I mean, what even about what about the the girl on the poster right at the front, Drew Barrymore, who was in it for You know, obviously,
2: five minutes. I mean, it's one of
0: the most iconic horror scenes ever, but she isn't in it it for very long, but she's on that poster.
1: Yeah, she must have been like, (laughs) yeah, just they obviously used her image to be like, look who's in this film. And then she just wasn't (laughs) 10 minutes later. She's just not in it anymore. It's It's insane. insane. Well,
2: that's, I I was so shocked. Like, I I was honestly thinking she was going to be like the main character throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Drew Barrymore, another (laughs) major crush of mine. Um, and then she, yeah, she got killed ten minutes after. And I, I was just thinking, oh, okay, like, well, well, what am I going to watch them? <laughs> you've just killed off the the the, the gal. Like, you can't just kill off your main girl. But they did. It at the <laughs> I know, but it, it ruined me. I was just. She's not just brilliant. For that. No, she's just just.
0: She's oh. great in it. She's really good. it's yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Charlie. It's interesting that you say that about. Drew Barrymore, because I mean, if she, you're right, like if she doesn't survive in it, then what chance do the other characters have? So you really just don't know who could be killed off in this no. film because she is, you know, the biggest name in this film, really. So it's such a good point that it's like you can't trust it's anything.
1: It's amazing as well because she so the voice of the uh, the person whose voice they use on the phone calls isn't actually uh, Matthew Lilliard or I forget who plays Billy. But it wasn't one of them. It was actually a different guy who did the voice. And to make it so that Drew Barrymore was genuinely scared, she refused to meet him until after she'd done her scenes so that she could, like, she would generally react oh, on wow. the phone, which is so cool. Um, and then I saw a picture of her, like, hugging this guy afterwards. And I was just like, he's just been, like, scaring the crap out of you on the phone. He's <laughs> just hugging him, <laughs> and not caring the world. It's great. That's it's so, so cool. cool. I loved it.
2: I, I did have a, a look up after to, um, like just reading through a few notes. And I found out the guy that does the voice of Scream, um, he actually voices Mojo Jojo from the Powerpuff Girls as well. Oh really? Yeah. 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 So trying... Wow. What, uh, what a CD what i D.
1: I'm trying to find his name. Phone voice, Roger Jackson. That's who it was. Ghostface. Yeah. But but just Ghostface on, <laughs> yeah, on the phone. Yeah, Ghostface on the phone. Yeah, I know it was awesome. <laughs> Well, it's
0: pretty cool with Drew Barrymore because apparently she was supposed to get the role of Sydney. They really wanted her for the role of Sydney, but I've heard a few reasons. But I think it was either scheduling conflicts, so she couldn't take mm. on that role, or she she wanted to be killed off in the film, oh.
1: so they gave her a different role. <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> I never, yeah. Um... <laughs> I re- but like, I can't imagine anyone else playing Sydney now other than Nev Campbell. So that's really.
0: No, it's iconic. Like, yeah, when you see her, you just she is yeah. just Sydney,
1: and it's so it's so good. Like within the first two minutes, you've already heard so many other movie references because you've got Drew Barrymore on the phone, and it's yeah. just like he bringing all up all these other horror films. It's amazing,
2: of which I've watched none of them, so <laughs> I feel like I would have. Geldac quiz um, and anyone they could have lined up about a thousand people everyone <laughs> would have died because I wouldn't have been able to answer any <laughs> questions. Well, that, that's
1: reassuring <laughs> Well
2: <laughs> I'm sorry guys you're dead. Well I guess, I guess Charlie it would be the
0: same with maybe I mean I did you pick up on any sort of like film
2: references or anything in the film? Oh, or, or yes w- there was one there did. was one <laughs> that I picked up on Yes, um, and that was um, a very quick scene, and this is when I thought it was safe to uh, send you guys a p- voice note because I noticed that there was a Freddy Krueger yeah. character. Yeah. Um. Again, I haven't watched the movies, but I I, I know that outfit from Halloween parties. Um, <laughs> and he was like washing the floor, um, in the school, <laughs> and I was I was so proud that I picked up on that. I thought, you know what? Check me out. Yay. I'm like a a horror buffin now, like. Is that right before the head and dies? That was... Oh yeah, yeah. Like that's <laughs> what. That's why dies. I was sending you a voice note, being like, "Oh my god, guys, I think." <laughs> and then I started screaming down the, the phone.
0: <laughs> and it's Wes Craven playing Amazing. the janitor. So he just loves and it. that's the director. It's pretty cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs>
1: and he directed *Nightmare on Elm Street*, so that's his own character.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, check that out—a little <laughs> double cross-reference so I did just want to
0: touch on the amount of film references that are in Scream I mean it's insane I feel like I still pick <laughs> them up even if I've watched this film so many times you could make a drinking game of how many references that in here, is I a think. great plan for Halloween um, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yay! if oh we can gosh. spend it together then yeah. yes just please me too drunk on
1: side shots. <laughs> <laughs> and Charlie just missing all of the references <laughs>
2: Hey, I got one. I got one. Proud you. did, yeah. <laughs> At that
0: point, as well, yeah. you'll get the ball. <laughs> <laughs> um, because, well, Kevin Williamson, who was the writer of Scream, he had he loved horror films so much, and I think Halloween was a real influence for him. Um, and I lo- I love the Halloween references. I mean, so Billy's last name is mm. Loomis, and in Halloween, um, there's a character called Doctor Loomis who plays Michael Myers' psychiatrist. Mm. And I just thought that was a really cool little Easter egg that they, they planted in there. And, and obviously, Randy watching, um, I was about <laughs> to say scream, Randy watching Halloween. And there's some like fun facts in the film as well that you kind of didn't really know about before,
2: maybe. And Yeah. yeah there's just a lot to Definitely. this film, I think. Um, looking back over my notes, I think I actually wrote down another little Easter egg. Oh, <laughs> So there was a reference. Do you there tell? Was a reference, which was? I spit on your garage, hey, but I don't. Know. Yeah, that's true. I don't know whether that is just by accident, or whether it is um, talking about. I think there's a horror film I called "I Spit is. on Your Grave." There is. We were talking about what films to possibly watch in the future. <laughs> um, <laughs> Although, hang so, on. Um, well done. I think I got that one.
1: Was <laughs> I spit on your grave. I don't think that came out only because I've literally just googled it. It didn't come out till 2010, unless it was a remake. So that's yeah, a I remake. Yeah, it came 78, out. 78, yeah, there we go. I was like, I'm sure there was a new oh, one. Oh, yeah. Check me
2: out. Check me out. <laughs> that's it. I'm now like a fully, <laughs> really? fully fledged horror nerd. I'm, I'm...
1: <laughs>
2: well done. So that's that's two little Easter eggs that I've got now. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, check me nice. out. I'm going to get drunk at this horror game (laughs) at at Halloween I mean, tell did you kind of find out any
0: any cool stuff? I mean, they mentioned
1: slightly later on they mentioned Leatherface, they mentioned Silence of the Lambs uh, they called Jamie, (laughs) Jamie Lee Curtis the Scream Queen because she is uh, she's just an absolute god. Um, and they can I just say yeah. with Jamie Lee
2: Curtis, I only know her from Freaky Friday with Lindsay
1: That Lohan. will change, don't you worry. <laughs> um, they also mentioned like Carrie and uh I keep forgetting the boyfriend's name, Billy, mm, even says like oh do. corn syrup, it's what they're using Carrie for the blood. Um and it's just, you know, and obviously I'm assuming Scream did the same because there's so much blood everywhere, it's a slasher. And it's always a little bit too red; it never quite dries, so you can tell it's not real. Um, but it's just really, you know, really effective. And I think that helps this help that. Uh, I think that helps this film a lot, where it's like it's aged really well because they were using like good effects, and yeah, the blood looked good enough. But it was uh, when they're stabbing each other; it looks pretty realistic, um, even up to when they string up Drew Barrymore at the beginning. Um they actually used a mannequin for that, I believe, when they hang it from the tree, but it you can't tell it's a mannequin, and that's what helps this film sort of stand the test of time, is that we're not watching it like an old movie and we're like, oh, it's not scary because it's so fake. Cause it does. They've they've bought it off really well. And with Courtney Cox trying to clean blood off her windscreen, it's just there's so much blood everywhere. That's great. So much blood. <laughs> so much
2: blood. <laughs> so for me, um I listen to soundtracks and scores for movies, um, sort of pretty much any time when I've I've got free time to myself. Um, which is very rarely <laughs> now that I have a toddler. <laughs> um however, I've I've noticed along the years, like I maybe because I don't watch horror movies, but I don't really know much about any of the sort of horror composers, um, nor any of the, the sort of bounds that contribute to soundtracks for movies as well um so i went in and listened back to the score and, and watched a, a few more scenes um again just to really see how much um like the, the music and the composing behind it sort of added that added the, the drama a bit more personality to the scene mm. um and i went and did a bit of research because <laughs> I i couldn't let you guys come in with all the facts for the um, for, for the <laughs> podcast that's for sure I wanted to add my little little bits aside from me getting stuck in a castle <laughs> and comparing myself to Tatum um, so yeah so um, the score was written by a guy called um, Marco Beltrami um, and it was actually his first big composing job um, he'd done like a couple of TV shows beforehand um, but this was his big break um, and He's now gone on to do films such as Logan, um, which I'm pretty sure everyone... Yeah, um, surely. Yeah, definitely heard of, (laughs) or at least watched. Um, And he's also done um, quite a few other horror movies. He's done Resident Evil and Blade 2 back in the uh, um, 2000s as well. So it's quite interesting to see how his career has started off with this... (laughs) um, this film and now gone on to do like massive blockbusters such as well Logan, um, so it's been quite cool to to look at and see his sort of back catalogue. Yeah, um, he's super. Well, he's sort of known for his use of percussion, which during the movie you like he just uses it in the most bizarre times, <laughs> but it works so well. It just adds so much drama and so much personality to the scenes just without there being like any use of like real dialogue or um, I'm not going to say like lack of acting but like when the characters are just like walking around and there's a scene where Sydney's sleeping in a house after school um, which again I noticed whenever um, the film would focus on Sydney's character they'd use like a um, a soprano choir to make her sound like really <laughs> angelic and like godly if you will um, and quite pure mm. um, and I noticed whenever she'd go inside or like change rooms that choir would cut off immediately and then it would be like really um, low sustained strings to sort of heighten like all the tension in the room and I just thought that was incredible (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, and again I went back and watched that first scene again with um, uh, Drew Barrymore and there was no sort of um, well it was dead silence in the background it was just her dialogue on her on the phone and then there was nothing until um, uh, Ghostface says I want to know who I'm looking at when then there was a <laughs> there was like this uh, uh, staccato strings, like violin, I think it's violin, in the background, just sort of making like a stabbing oh. sort of noise. And it That was just, scene still gets me. <laughs> oh, like the, the tension that was just brought up just by having those strings, like, sort of stab every so often in the background was just so good to watch and, like, so good to take in for, for a second time. Um, and yeah, I just oh, the the sound like the the score to it was just awesome. I mean, it it's not too rememberable. Um, like I found it wasn't that much of like a melody used throughout any of it. Mm. Um, it was just very much lots of percussion and then like sustained strings and that sort of angelic sort of choir with the sopranos with Sydney's scenes. Um, but it was really cool to listen back over after and seeing how it sort of changed the or added um to some of the scenes. Um obviously it's a nineties film and um I guess I guess a lot sort of aimed at what you were saying, like the pizza party sort of teen mm. sleepovers. Um and I like there was quite a lot of I'm gonna say like nineties sort of rock used for the soundtrack. Um like they there was a um, Alice Cooper um, song used for schools out when the <laughs> head teacher had just been brutally murdered. Which such I a was contrast. <laughs> <laughs> it was such weird timing. But again, it it wasn't actually the original Alice Cooper song either. It was. Oh um, wow. It was. Well, I'm just trying to look over my notes, and it says it was I. I found that it was done by a super group um, called The Last Hard Men. Sorry! Which. <laughs> Excuse me. The Last Hard Men were a super group that. That's just dirty. It. And it... lucky <laughs> men, I guess. Were well, the last of their kind. <laughs> the last of them. That's just. Cool. Um, which included Skid Row's um, Sebastian Back and The uh, Sebastian Pumpkins' uh, Jimmy Chamberlain, which, um, well, I'm a. Smashing and fans, hmm. so that was really interesting to find out. Um, I didn't know that he he was in them. Um, and the yeah, the Alice Cooper version that they've done, they've made it into like sort of some sort of early Marilyn Manson esque sort of gothy jazz. It's really strange to listen back over, and I would recommend like if anyone listening to it, um, you can find the, the cover on YouTube that they've done um if you just type in alice um schools out um screen version and listen back over it and just how different it is to the original it's just really strange really really strange (laughs) um and before we move on there was also another song used um and it was gus black who He covers songs and makes them into like these 70s, eerie, acoustic key sort of vibes. And he covered um, Don't Fear the Reaper, which was (laughs) originally by Blue Oyster Cult. And like the timing for that, um, after that first scene with um, Drew Barrymore's character being stabbed, it was just ironic like they're, you they're absolutely should see a... the <laughs> yeah they're, they're <laughs> saying about not fearing a reaper but then obviously ghostface is dressed up as a, a grim reaper so i just thought that was yeah that was great that was <laughs> so good
1: amazing so charlie let's start with you do you think you would survive if you were in scream and if so why or why not
2: Um, I'm dead before the movie even started. I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna place myself as um Drew Barrymore's boyfriend the, here. The boyfriend. Um, <laughs> the boyfriend Not even like, <laughs> Drew Barrymore. Not even Drew Barrymore. Like I like, am killed off before. I couldn't even oh, ask for You words. Movie. <laughs> Okay, well, maybe I might <laughs> have been a tatum and getting stuck in the holes. You'd have try to float your way
1: out of it first and then get stuck in a hole.
2: As long as someone takes some photos, that's all good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? How about you, Katie? Would you survive? No,
0: I wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I-, I could sit here and be cocky and say, yeah, but it's just not happening, is it? Like, it's just... It's not happening for me. I mean, I, I like to think I would have got the Friday the Thirteenth question right, <laughs> with that 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 uh, Drew Barrymore didn't get right. But you know what? I, if I was under that amount of pressure, maybe I wouldn't have. So, yeah, I don't. I think I would have given it a good go, and I would have put up a fight. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't think I'm surviving this one. <laughs> Especially when there's two killers as well. There's no chance. <laughs> What about you, Ted? See, I'm going to sit
1: here and be cocky because oh, here no, she is. Oh, compared geez. to some horror films and some horror villains, <laughs> these guys are just a couple of teenagers and they have no supernatural powers. However, there is two of them. <laughs> and if you don't know that, you're screwed because you'll run away from one and not realizing you're running into the other. So I think if I knew there was two, at least I'd stand a fighting chance. If I thought there was only one and I'm dead because buddy, Buddy's <laughs> behind me. Um, but at the end of the day, they're only human, like they would die from a knife or a bullet, which they have around the houses. Um, it's not like some other characters where you come up and it's some supernatural where you don't stand a chance at all. So compared to other movie villains, I'd like to think these, you know, there is a possibility of them going down. But... I think because there's two of them, I might need a buddy as well to to help me. <laughs> you don't get that. Choice. I do. If it's the three of us versus the two of them, we'll <laughs> yeah, that's we're true. sorted.
2: You can sacrifice <laughs> me. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get myself a wee little cat flap. We'll use you as the not to run
1: away. We'll just use you as the distraction, and while they're coming for you, then we kill them from behind. Well, yeah, there you go. Like
2: a fair, See? A fair deal. <laughs> Just make sure that the the top of the garage roof, um, the garage door doesn't hit yeah. the top, and so I don't get decapitated. But I was surprised at how often they fall right. over, you know. Yeah, like, they're they clumsy. Just... They're definitely clumsy. <laughs> you would have thought they got like a broke rib when he well in uh, yeah. ran into that. Um... The sink in the bathroom, yeah. The
1: girls' toilet. I'm pretty sure one of them gets like smashed in the face, and yet yeah, they go to school with no bruising. How the police didn't catch him, I've got no idea. I know you think he's hot, but your police officer is not just, just not on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: yeah, but he's, young. He's, he's cute, he's allowed to be, he's,
1: a, he's allowed to miss it. Miss Okay, do we have any final thoughts on screen before we give it our uh, analysis and spooks out of five, Katie? I'll throw it over to you. <laughs>
0: oh um, no, I mean, I I think I've pretty much kind of like, yeah, uh, said how much I I, I love this film. Um, the only thing I was going to touch on, which tell you you spoke about earlier, was um, the blood uh. in the film. Um, it's like you said, it's kind of like always in horror films, it's always that little bit too <laughs> red, isn't it? And you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know anything about special effects, like, I <laughs> know fuck all, cool, but um, and especially when the bit where Billy and Stu are having to stab each other to make it look as if they've been attacked, yeah. which I know you you briefly mentioned earlier, and there's just so much blood in that scene. and. I th- the idea of like stabbing someone is so brutal and it's I think that's just done really well um and yeah that's just one thing I think the the last scene with them in I think it was so good and I think everyone was still shocked from the twist that when everything kind of happened it, it was it was all like so intense that yeah I just thought it was worth mentioning it was a I thought it was a great scene um yeah, and I, I thought it didn't need to have a load of guts and gore for it yeah. to be effective.
1: I do love that they decide to stab each other before they kill Sydney, so that um, yeah. so they're now in a weakened state. <laughs> just like, you can tell these aren't they're yeah, not the that, smartest killers, but oh, it's just brilliant.
2: <laughs> I do like as well. You can sort of see um, the look on Stu's face where mm. the blood's sort of like draining out of him, and he's starting to like. Um, oh, I'm not sure what what you'd say, but he, he's like not totally with it because he's starting to lose all sense of reality, really, because he's bleeding out. Sorry. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's when he's like, <laughs> "Mom
1: and Dad are going to be so mad at me." And like, yeah, he starts did you really out? call the so, police? Yeah. Like, oh no, <laughs> yeah, too late.
2: <laughs> he's like he's having like a little episode. Yeah, I know. Like, Poor dude. I, I mean, not, yeah.
1: not for him. I always sympathise with Stu, but absolutely hate Billy. <laughs> I know.
2: Oh, he was horrible to Sydney. She, she better get free counselling. <laughs> I tell you, she <laughs> needs all the help uh, she can yeah, get. She so for me, I found that the movie had like its little problematic moments where some things just okay. didn't make sense at all. Um, like the fact that, um. The, the school kids want to go and drive over to see their, um, their head teacher sort of, like, gutted out on the, the football field. Yeah, that is so I weird. I find that very strange. And the fact that they drive over there drunk as well when there's just been a cop in the house. To be fair, like, do, do they not have drink-driving well, offenses? No, there?
1: but I, this was in the 90s, and I actually don't know when drink-driving laws came in. I'd like to think it was earlier than the 90s, but I'm not 100% sure. Hang on, let me Google it.
2: <laughs> because even when, like, they're sitting there watching a movie, it's not like none of, like there's a designated driver. Or no, they don't give a shit, do cars, they? They next. just go for it. Yeah, they just go straight off. Um yeah that, oh. that it was a bit strange I take it back um, it came
1: in uh, oh. in, uh, in the United States the first laws against operating a motor vehicle while under the influence of alcohol went into effect in New York in 1910 so they definitely should have known better <laughs> <laughs> I mean
2: that, brought, there wasn't <laughs> another, like, <laughs> that was a while ago
1: It's <laughs> like at least 80 odd years they should have known better There, <laughs> <laughs> no, I was thinking that was a legitimate yeah, reason and I'm going to ignore that <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's quite concerning, Tell, is that you thought that in the nineties well, that, that still would have been allowed. I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting. Hey, the wrong I've, it's <laughs>
1: never been legal for me to drink and drive. I have never had my license that long, but I I'm not going to dob anyone in. But I've definitely heard some stories from the eighties where it was a little bit lax over here. So I just assumed America was the same, but I actually, again, even I don't even know when did drink driving come into the laws in the UK it was 1967. So we were like 50 years behind that. Where people were just really relaxed about drink driving and they didn't understand the dangers <laughs> of it, so I kind of put it under that umbrella that maybe it wasn't ali- well as illegal then, but no, they did. Especially in America, definitely should have known better.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is weird that they just like wanted to go over there and yeah. just check it out. It's pretty grim. Yeah, that's
2: yeah, strange mm. things that boys do, I guess. <laughs> You didn't see any girls. I'm trying to remember. The... It was just a, a bunch of boys. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: she... them. What about you, I was, you, like, sure. right. I was like, surely Sydney and uh, Tatum were the only girls at her party, but maybe they were. Um, no, I think my only sort of last things on the movie was just, that's like, if you look at the head teacher's death, actually, I mean, one, he's playing around with the screen masks, which I think is really clever because it just makes you think that actually this could be anyone. But then also he's just told off a bunch of student a couple of students about playing in the masks. And then he threatens them mm. with scissors. And yet a, se- a couple of scenes later he's wearing the mask. Um, and then you see him being murdered, and then you see Ghostface in his eye. And I just think that bit of photography was beautifully done. Um, and again, yeah, for a slasher and just had such great cinematography, it was really well done. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what have we decided we're going to give this film spooks out of five? Katie, what do you think?
0: Uh, It's going to have to be five for me. Um, (laughs) I love it so much. (laughs) Uh, If I hadn't said so already, yeah, it's um, it's one of my favorite horror franchises, I think. Uh, So, yeah, it couldn't be anything less than less than
1: five for me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think I'm I'm on board with you. I have to give it a five. It's just a classic. It takes the mickey out of itself. What more could you want? It's a nostalgia as well,
0: like you were saying about, like, you know, watching it back at sleep on sleepovers and stuff as well. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all that all that good stuff.
1: It just brings back all the good memories.
0: <laughs> it does, yes.
2: <laughs> and Charlie, what about you? I'm going to be a little controversial and I'm going to go for four spooks out of five. Okay. Um, so, that there was just some things just didn't add up in it, um, like some of the timelines. And it was just a little bit dated and a bit problematic in bits. I mean, mainly in regards to Sydney's boyfriend. Um, obviously that is, it's lately worked out that he's a complete sort of psychopath. <laughs> um, so it's a bit more understandable. But yeah. Um, but yeah, overall it was like a great start um and a great introduction to slasher films. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't quite there. But it, it was yeah, it was great though. Like, Four's still great. pretty high. So yeah,
1: that's still really good out of five, so amazing that is our first ever episode of the horror friendly podcast <laughs> you, I, you sound exhausted <laughs> <laughs> uh, i think charlie is
2: emotionally exhausted it's just emotionally <laughs> drained definitely i'm I'm just glad that i survived both the podcast and the movie <laughs> it's so. just absolutely you did it mate you did it well all done. points for me
1: all yes. that horror chat is just taken it out of you But thank you so much for anyone who is listening and anyone who's stuck with us this whole way through if you do want to stick with us further we go and follow us and like us on all the socials uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and then what we'll do is ahead of the next podcast we'll put up the movie so that if you do want to join in you can watch it ahead of time and then you can either agree or disagree with our opinions as we review it Uh, yeah and yeah join us for more horror See you next time, guys.
2: Don't die. (laughs)
0: I'm
2: sorry. I don't really know what to add in here.